This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. This is the show that unpacks sports. Intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I hope you're doing great today. Thank you so much for joining us. Today on the show, we are going to have a, a fun and insightful conversation about name, image, likeness. And a lot has been discussed over the last year, uh, especially now that it's, it's, it's allowed. And we're still navigating. As fans, we're trying to understand, okay, well, what, what can college athletes do? Is this a good thing for college sports? How do they benefit financially? Their involvement? What about the pros? You know, a lot of different levels and factors into the money that is being generated through sports, who gets a cut, how do you get a cut, all of that. So a lot of questions. We'll get to a couple of those answers and, and it live today from an agent who represents college athletes in regards to NIL opportunities. And so our guest today, his name is Jordan Oler, and he's a sports agent at 10 Talents NIL. And, and so he started this with former Ohio State quarterback Cardale Jones, and they're helping a lot of Ohio State players uh, in particular. But we recently had Cameron Babb on the show, and, and so Jordan is, is Cam's agent. And so we got connected through, uh, through that interview with, with Cam to you know, hear Jordan's perspective on NIL, how they're helping athletes, and really – Jordan's heart and what he shares with us is he wants to protect athletes and, and that's his mentality. So how does that, how does that play out? At the end of the interview, I'll share some of the, the spiritual ramifications of this concept of protection. And, and so I think uh, we can all be encouraged by, uh, by that, but, uh, but, uh, but a very interesting conversation. We'll get into it with Jordan in just a moment. And I do know Nick Saban's got his opinions and uh, Jimbo Fisher and media members and former players, current players, coaches, athletes, uh, professional athletes, everybody, everybody has an opinion on it. You may be on one side where, hey, keep college sports as pure as possible. Keep it old school, even though those are probably uh, hopeful, wishful thoughts anyway of, of the way things used to be. But uh, regardless, hopefully we can just kind of listen with an open mind and try to explore but I think let's also put on our hat as, you know, whether it's it's parents or go back to when, you know, you were in high school or college and maybe you were, how could you have benefited from NIL? And I imagine you would have wanted to if you were in that situation. And 
uh, a sponsor or business said, hey, we'd like to, you know, partner with you, what would that look like? So uh, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of intrigue. Let me thank our presenting sponsor here. I'm so thrilled uh, to be able to team up with MetaShare. And MetaShare, they offer programs for every budget, and basically it's reliable health care that you can trust. And, and so it's unique, but it's affordable. And whether you're an individual or a small business owner or a ministry leader like myself or you're self-employed, MetaShare has options for you. And the key is members on average save 50% or more on healthcare costs. And so they use a very unique model. And my family, we've been a member for six years or so, a great fit for us where we use the telehealth. We you know, use the, the preferred providers in our area. And so we get the care that we need for you know, myself, my wife, my two daughters. And, and so it's, it's been a, you know, affordable option for, for us as a, a ministry, but, but they, like I said, they've got options for, you know, a lot of different categories on, on kind of what you're looking for. And so the key is you just have to explore it. So go to metashare.com slash unpacking it, metashare.com slash unpacking it and, and fit for your family, get a quote, understand some of the details. And, uh, and I think you'll, you'll be encouraged by, uh, what they, they have available. So, uh, you can join me as a member, uh, go to metashare.com slash unpacking it. Well, right now we're going to jump in to our conversation with sports agent, Jordan Oler, bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. Joining us today on the MetaShare guest line is Jordan Oler. He is a sports agent at 10 Talent, the chief communications officer. Jordan brings unique skills in marketing, messaging, and public relations to build, strengthen, and protect NIL athlete legacies. Clients include Ohio State athletes, football, basketball, soccer, and one of our favorite guests, Cam Babb. They also have other athletes represented in other universe parts of the country. They continue to build their agency. We're going to talk all about it today. It began in the fall of 2021, and we are thrilled to have Jordan on with us here on the Unpacking It podcast. Jordan, great to see you. How are you? Oh, man, it's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I, I feel a little out of place given the the high caliber guests you've had on the past, and I appreciate you bringing on a guy who has no athletic talent whatsoever to speak of. Hey, sit I'm down right and talk about the Lord. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm right there with you. So, uh, so that's it. That's okay. Uh, but we, we've got a lot to get to because this topic uh, surrounding the NIL continues to, to really dominate sports talk and, and, of course, from a, a college sports perspective. But I think it affects professional sports as well uh, in, in a lot of ancillary ways. And, and so all sports fans are, are you know, intrigued by this. They've got their opinions on it. I know that our audience is, is split on what the NIL represents in the future of college. We're going to discuss a lot of that today. But, but Jordan... Why don't you begin by explaining the the, the, the origin and the journey that, that you went on to start an agency focusing on giving athletes the opportunity to embrace NIL opportunities? Well, thank you for that, and thank you for uh, having me on again. I, I just want to say, uh, you know, uh, you had Cam Babb on last time, and I'm just such a big fan of that guy, and I'm, I'm honored to represent him. I don't know if your audience has listened to his interview, but 
please go back there and look at a man on fire for God because he's a real deal. And I was just telling, um, I was telling you earlier, and I'll tell your audience now, he, he prayed over me loudly in a restaurant as I share with him the smallest part of my hard day, just moved into me, spoke to me, you know, wanted to know more about that situation, then prayed loudly over me in public. Um, it's just his incredible faith and I'm honored to know him. And I'm to your question, I'm here to protect him. And mm. I started the agency because I saw the potential for what NIL could be. And I knew what, you know, the good things they would bring. And I also knew that there'd be situations that, you know, for college athletes would be new and scary in a situation where you are now running basically a business where you are at the center of it. Um, so we provided for them. We want to provide for them protection. So we overbuilt an agency that has massive legal support, huge crisis communication support, the athlete perspective of a guy like Cardell Jones, who I think many of your athletes and, and audience members will know he's got that classic uh, underdog story. I think it's as good as anything in college football next to Rudy. Personally, I think, I think Cardell Jones rise was something that I think can only be God inspired. And I know that God is working a story there too, but um, we knew that, that athletes would have, you know, challenges in that bringing in money for the first time, real money and the, the threats, the pressures from online uh, fans and haters and trolls and all those things. And we want to come around and protect them. And for me, as a man of faith, I've, I've always aligned myself and, and looked at the at Michael the Archangel as my inspiration. And I'm a reformed guy. I'm not, um, but uh, it's for me, it's been something that's driven me. I've always wanted to protect somebody. I want to stand at the side of Christ and wield a sword and, and guard his people. There's something about that that's always been inside of me. And so we wanted to bring support around our athletes and make sure that Ohio State athletes and all Ohio athletes really had a support system that helped them build and grow and then turn those NIL opportunities into long-term relationships with companies here in Ohio. So when the playing days are over, they've got contacts and community and support and people who love them want to bring them back here, give them a great job, opportunity, build a family here, start a nonprofit, whatever you want to do in life. We want that legacy to stay here forever in Ohio and, and you know, from my perspective in Columbus. That was our vision for it. We then called it 10 Talents because, you know, there's many layers of theology in this parable. But one of them, is, one easy one is investing your time for a greater good. And and, and those who've been given much, much is expected. That That's is the Matthew parable. 25. That's Matthew, Matthew 25. 25. Yes, thank you. Matthew 25, <laughs> the parable of the talents. And, and thankfully, guys like Cam Babb and many, many others, Zoe Schweitzer, other other phenomenal athletes of faith have been drawn to that. And I'm just I'm just grateful God has given it purpose. No, I, I love the the heart behind it. And and so, you know, I think all of us as as fans continue to under, try try to understand, OK, what is uh, allowed now with this NIL? So we, we hear the letters, OK, name, image, likeness. What's kind of everybody's role in it? And And to me. We've heard you know, a lot from the coaches. We, we know the Saban mm-hmm. and, and Fisher complaints. Yeah. We, we hear you know, the media kind of split on their perspectives on, on it. But for, for you, from kind of the agency perspective, you know, let, let us in on, on really you know, how does all this work kind of logistically? And Yeah, so the differentiation is that the NFL agents uh, manage contracts and negotiate contracts on behalf of their clients. I am purely a marketing agent dealing in NIL. So it's my job to negotiate on behalf of my clients to you know, make sure they get a good deal. A lot of marketers will come in and they'll want the world, lots of work, lots of deliverables, lots of social media access, lots of posts and commentary for a little bit of money. Um, like any new market, that's going to be the first thing that comes in is the cheap money. 
They come in, they try to just take advantage. And that's all well and good. The market is figuring itself out right now. So I'm pushing back on that and negotiating with my client's time and maximum impact, making sure that they're they're protecting the team, their commitments to their, to their schedule, their commitments to life, family, things like that, and putting as much work as we can in a minimal amount of time so they have a maximum impact and then go, can go back to real life and do what they're there to do. Um, that's really important to us is to manage just their schedule ahead of NIL opportunities and making it work around their schedule and not in front of it. That's mm. really important to me. And it's a conversation I had with Cam, just making sure the NIL deals don't get in between you and your teammates. Mm. That's sacred space. Mm. And, and that is definitely a tension that comes into situations like that with NIL. There's, you know, there's players getting money and there's players not. That can cause some tension. I absolutely understand that. And so I think the other part, especially with the the recent Saban conversation and, and Fisher, you know, buying athletes, from what I'm hearing with, with you guys, you, this is a different approach. And to me, this is the approach that I was more behind, like excited about when I first heard about NIL. It's, hey, give guys opportunities to be in commercials and, and mm-hmm. you know, represent themselves at, at autograph signings or appearances and, and all that kind of stuff like you said, around their, their sport, sports schedule. Um, but then now we've incorporated the alumni bases and, and them expected to put up big money to bring in recruits. And so kind of maybe explain and clarify the differences and how some of that overlaps and, and where you fit in with all of that as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely an athlete agent. So I sit on the same side of the table as them. I'm not working at the booster level or the coach level and certainly not the universities. Uh, the universities, we want to make sure we have a good relationship with them. They know that we're good actors in this, represent their athletes well, but we have no coordination with them. That's that's not allowed, and and that's not part of the business model. So, um, you know, from the, from that controversy side of the SEC, I don't know what they're doing down there. I, I, I've read a lot of things that I don't like. I think Brian Hartline uh, put out a great – Coach Brian Hartline the Buckeyes put out a great uh, Twitter feed the other day about uh, with the Spider-Man meme, everybody pointing at each other. That's right. The accusations about buying players, which I thought was spot on. Um, I think he also made a great comment about the originality of NIL should be about endorsement deals. Um, I don't think it should be about buying players necessarily. However, I have seen good models being stood up right now where nonprofit entities are engaging with other nonprofit entities to, to make this thing all work. Like, I think there is a place where athletes can be paid to work at nonprofits to use their NIL, their celebrity, to benefit the greater good, raise money for nonprofits, build the events, build the donor lists, build the media attention, and and make that part of what they do with NIL. Being paid to do charity is not a job. Working at a nonprofit, however, is a real job that a lot of people do, and it's one worth doing. I think our athletes should have those kind of opportunities, and there's a lot of foundations out there that are springing up with that idea in mind. And I like that. Ah, okay. So that's, I think we can have it all. I think we can do this well and walk and chew bubblegum at the same time. There you go. So that's cool. So then the one other element that with all of this, because I I just, I love your perspective on on this and and providing, I think just more information and education for us as, as sports fans, the, you know, the, uh, it's still floating out there. Will college athletes be paid in the sense, almost from a professional standpoint, while playing at Ohio State, at Alabama, where the university is actually paying football players, basketball players, that kind of thing. Where do you see that fitting in and, and kind of the path that we're on where now NIL has has really opened up you know, the door for us to see things differently and, and other things are now you know bubbling up because of because this door has opened up? 
You know, I, I'm politically and economically conservative, so I'm always going to go for a free market-based approach for people to be able to use their gifts and talents to benefit themselves and their families every time. Hmm. Um, I hope that doesn't sound like a squishy answer, but I don't know what the future looks like. I am on the side of athletes maximizing their potential and having a piece of a multi-billion dollar industry. Money in college sports has been there for a long time. And, you know, this is me being a little snarky, but nobody thought it was ruining sports until the athletes got a little bit of it. That's I don't right. see it that way personally, you know, it's, yeah. it, it has not, they are not ruining sports and money is not ruining sports. Uh, the love of money can ruin a lot of things in life as the Bible says, um, but money itself and being paid for the fruits of your labor and what your influence does in the community and for other businesses, I don't see anything wrong with that. And we should definitely promote that with our athletes to show them what entrepreneurship looks like in America because they have a piece of it now. So for those that, that are listening that go, oh man, we don't, you know, we, we don't want to see college football changed. So you're, it doesn't have to change the, the, the sport and these, these you know, athletes benefiting from their involvement because I'm with you on that. But it's almost like mm -hmm. you know, people just see it differently. Um, so I don't know how else we can <laughs> convince people to, to understand that college sports, even, I mean, but it doesn't have to be for the negative. My it's question. uncomfortable right now. It's, the market's working itself out, and it's definitely uncomfortable. I, I saw when NIL came around, I had a mixed feelings about it. I knew what the potential was for good things to happen, but also you know some bad things to happen. And we have seen that. I have seen sports agents speaking about their clients on NIL deals that made their client look horrible. And, and I don't think that client was well served by it. That athlete was well served by it. Um, I think there have been several situations where you know, a few athletes weren't doing thinking about the greater good for their long-term legacy, their team, and the community around them. And those are factors in everything, which is why there's certain rules about it. And for our company, you know, we don't take every athlete. We go look for certain high values, character, personality, you know, a real, you know, a, an approach to NIL that, that says, I want this because it's, it's more than just money for me. I want mm. this because I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to expand my faith, my influence to do something good. And I haven't met an athlete yet who doesn't want that for their life. And so I think we should preserve that um, intact um, with every freedom available to them for NIL. No, nah, that's awesome. I lo love that perspective. And kind of maybe the last thing on this, uh, the NCAA, what is your relationship standing of, of their role in all of this? And, and how would you like to maybe see their involvement change? And, and we'll even include kind of the government into that as well. Uh, where, do, where do you see that, that side of things? Man, I wish Cardell was here right now. He's got a great oh. answer for this, and he delivers it better than I do. But, uh, you know, we see the NCAA having a waning influence in this going forward. Uh, that's the short answer. I, I, I don't want to go farther than that, but I, I think that their, their, their impact in this is their days are, are numbered. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, Jordan, no, I appreciate you sharing all that and, and giving us some, some great insight into, uh, yeah, really the benefits and, and the cool aspect, the valuable aspect of this. And, and, you know, you're you're working with athletes that uh, women's soccer and and other mm -hmm. you know other sports that that aren't even you know on ESPN time either, and and those athletes getting opportunities, I think is really yeah. cool too. And and maybe what what else would you would you add to uh, the understanding of the the lesser sports or the you know the not as big followings where you know the tailgating on Saturday Saturday mornings, loyalty and social media followings for the, for these athletes yeah i gotta tell you we're we're um we're really excited about our our female athletes at 10 talents um, one of the goals we had going into it was to really put a focus on non-football athletes 
uh, and that includes obviously female athletes. And they've been an incredible, powerful force online that marketers and NIL opportunities are coming for because they understand vulnerability and engagement and emotions and just expressing things with their fans that is very powerful. Um, a couple in particular, Zoe Schweitzer is, is one of our athletes who is another incredible woman of faith and is very, very vocal about it on her Instagram page. Um, JC Sheldon at, at, at Ohio State as well is Buckeye's leading scorer on the, on the women's team, and she is on track to break some records in her final year. Very, very excited about her. So one of our goals is to sign the largest female NIL, NIL contract in history, and uh, we're looking for the brand that's going to do that and make their mark on women's sports. So very excited about that time. Love it. That's awesome. Yeah. What a great, great goal. Very cool. Well, Jordan, man, excited to have you on today and, and appreciate your your insight. Would love to hear about your personal faith journey and and, and how God has has worked in in your life. Uh, and also want to hear a little bit about your career before getting into the the sports agency side of things, because I think you've got a, a pretty, pretty unique background uh, as well. Uh, but but what have been some defining moments in in your faith journey where where God has revealed Himself to you and and you've uh, taken you know big steps of, of faith toward Him and in, in, in your pursuit of Jesus? Uh, yeah, I never really wanted to be a sports agent. It, hmm. It's never been something that was ever on my heart until NIL came around, and then God put it there, and I said, "Really, hmm. this is not my. I don't think I have a background for this." And He said, "No, this is the same place where you work right now." I've been working in politics and communications and advocacy and crisis communications for different companies around the country for the last 20 years. And this is how he actually showed me my path, which I questioned him for a long time because I wanted to play football really mm. badly. My parents wouldn't let me. Mm. They were afraid I would get hurt. And I kind of resented them for that for a long, long time. I thought maybe something had been taken from me. Um, I found out later through this company, starting 10 talents that, you know, the creativity is given to me, the writing inspiration, the ability to help people communicate their thoughts and feelings, uh, the ability of speech coach people um, was waiting for this moment. And he showed it to me because there's a little picture of me uh, when I was three years old, I'm wearing a sweater and it says football on it. Hmm. And that number on that sweater is a number 12, which is Cardell Jones's number. Wow. And I don't think for a second that God didn't mean that on purpose for that time and this place now to come together. Hmm. Because when I asked him, I said, do you really want me to start a sports agency? I, this has not been something that I ever thought was planning on. And hmm. I don't know Cardell Jones that well. What hmm. if, if this I'm seeing green lights right now, God, I was praying this in traffic. I'm seeing a lot of green lights. If you want to put a red out there, show me. I'll listen. Hmm. And right then on the radio, I hear Cardell Jones doing a radio commercial for oh a car wash. And I'm like, well, okay, that's it. <laughs> now, now I don't have a choice. Now wow. I have to do this. I don't have a chance. There's no way I can wiggle out of it. I can't coward out of this. I have to do it now. So Gosh. we did it. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great, that's a great story. And, and so take us back a little bit, bit further. When did your uh, faith become uh, more real to you? When did you begin following Jesus? What what has your your journey uh, been like over the years? And and some of those those pivotal pivotal moments for for you to to experience great growth. Oh man, I I have one of the easiest Christian stories in the world and the hardest because mm. I completely grew up in the church. My parents were worship leaders and church planters, and we traveled around different churches, lots of different denominations. I went to a Baptist school. My grandparents were Pentecostal. 
and my parents went to different evangelical churches. So I got a, a deep understanding of theology from different perspectives. That also makes you really, really confused as a little kid, <laughs> you know, about, you know, how does God really feel about sin? And, you know, when I screw up, how bad a trouble am I in? Is, you know, what, what does that mean? And for a long time, I was stuck in that, I was stuck in that, uh, that, that place where you have to earn your salvation. Mm. You know, that, that idea that, Jesus did his part. Now you do yours. Mm. I heard that a lot as a kid. And so as a kid, I, I would always think, well, if it's on me, I'm going to screw this up. There's no way that I'm going to be able to do this if some part of this is on me. Um, and I ran from that. I ran from God. I was scared of him. I, mm. I wanted him. I knew I needed him, but I was, I was sure that my sin was keeping me away from him. Even when I asked for forgiveness, um, I, and I started feeling very, horrible about myself, you know, because I knew I was constantly failing him. And I got to tell you, just recently in the last two years, has he opened my eyes up to grace? Mm. Um, so I've been a Christian my whole life, but one who's living in God's grace fully, I'm not there yet, but I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm in that path right now, uh, probably for the first time ever at 41 years old. So I've been saved my whole life, but I think I know it now for the first time. Wow, that's amazing. So how does that change your your outlook and day-to-day and, and perspective to, to really, and you're in process, like you say, the depth of God's grace? Well, being around athletes like we've been is, has been a huge, huge boost to that. I, I'm having text conversations every day where I'm just encouraging these athletes, they're encouraging me. Mm. And it's been this little Bible study on my phone or my email every day. And uh, it just sharing that and, and taking care of them, protecting them has been a life calling for me. And that's nature where I drive my strength from. I want to be a protector. I want to be a, I've always loved Michael, the archangel uh, for that reason, because he stood next to God and protected his people and, mm. and made war on his behalf righteously. And I, I love that side of, of who our God is. I love a God of justice on some level because we need that, mm. but we also need a God who is compassionate and loving and merciful we need both sides of that God and both sides of that savior. Amen. It's, it's yeah. The, doing the job itself has been the greatest joy and probably my best mission work so far. Gosh, no, that's, that's a, an awesome perspective. And you, you mentioned having two daughters and I know you have uh, three kids, you have a son as well. And, and so how has fatherhood uh, challenged you and, and also grown your faith and, and, and dependence on, on God? fatherhood is when you, when you know that there is nothing else holding the world together in your little house, except you and God, your faith has to be stronger. (laughs) When I realized that there was nothing, there was no, my dad is, you know, not really, you know, he's getting older. He's not as much part of my life anymore. And wow, this is really, I'm holding this together now, this little world of these children and this, and my wife and, and the people who are relying on me. And I, that's terrifying. And the only thing you have at that moment is God. And I think we know that. We hear it in church every day. All we have is Jesus. Oh, it's true. I mean, that's the only thing I'm holding on to at the end of the night when I'm worried, when I'm frustrated with myself, when I'm thinking about the future. It is all we have. And, and fatherhood has brought out that protector side of me again. And, and it, I've let, that, I've let that, that feeling just spread into the work I do. And that's what keeps me going every day. I really love that side of it. I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to be in the spotlight. I want to stand next to my people and protect them. That's neat. That's a, that's a good encouragement for, for us as, as dads. That's uh, I, I love that. Well, 
Jordan, you've also uh, had quite the quite the career and working on presidential campaigns, and you've been involved with uh, D.L. Hughley and Ludacris, and and uh, one other name jumped out to me. Oh, Chappelle. How 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 did you end up on that that path that, that you were on for a while? It's just God put me in weird places at weird times and letting what He has given me just shine through. I, I that's the only way to say it because I I look back and. In my career, you were reading out my bio. I'm like, how did that even happen? I don't know. But he's put me in this place for a reason, clearly. Um, I started off in college, you know, wanting to be involved and do some leadership things and, and learn real world skills. So I started joining the concert board and planning events. And wow. I rose up in that and started all of a sudden we were planning concerts for big actors and, and entertainers. And I was part of those contract negotiations and then learning about promotions and publicity and PR and news and media. And that just kind of pushed me into a place where I finally moved into politics after college. Again, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I had an opportunity and I took it and just kept following it. Um, from there, I worked for President George W. Bush and different campaigns across the country, you know, races from mayor to the White House and all the points in between. Um, I love that. I still do a lot of it. Um, I have strong political opinions, which I, I do a little of that on the side as well, talking to news stations about p- politics and and arguing those things. But, um, uh, at the end of the day, I, you know, it's driven by a want to make things better, to make the world more just in this, in this world and, and to spread the kingdom. Um, and like I said, I, I want to protect people and that's, that's always been my motivation. That's probably why I sit here as a sports agent and doing these other things, working with people in crisis communications, being their, their ally and their fighter and that person in their corner has always driven me. What a, what a journey! And the cool thing is, you're you're just getting going uh, with with this agency, Ten Talents, and uh, man, excited for uh, for what you and, and Cardale Jones and the rest of your team are are working on. So uh, so man, keep up the great work. Excited for for what you're doing and the heart behind it. And all of our listeners aren't some of my my most loyal supporters. I understand. Uh, give me a give me a hard time about it, and that that's okay. We we have some good conversations about it. But uh, but I, lo- I love the approach that, that you're taking. Uh, I think it's I think it's really cool. So thank keep you. it up, and uh, appreciate you being on uh, unpacking it. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Thank you. Good time. A- absolutely. There's sports agent Jordan Oler joining us here on the MetaShare guest line right here on the Unpacking It podcast. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. So fascinating conversation with Jordan and, and a cool kind of faith perspective on his life and his journey and, and then also his role as a, a sports agent helping college athletes with NIL. Your, your feedback on this, what was your response uh, to some of his answers and what other questions do you have in regards to NIL and what do you see as maybe even domino effect or, or what's next for college sports? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So my email, Bryce at comments anywhere you're watching or listening right now. And, and the word that, that came up a couple times with Jordan in different contexts, the word protection. And, and so what does it mean to be a protector? And, and so that seems to be his, his heartbeat where he wants to protect his family and, and protect these athletes and be a protector. And so, you know, how does that translate to our own lives? And specifically, I want to go to the Bible and, and look more to the idea that God is our protector 
And because he is our protector, he enables and empowers us to be good protectors because ultimately it's him uh, working in us and through us to protect others. And here's the reality. We live in an evil, broken world. And so there are things that happen to us and, and it's easy to say, well, you know, where, where was God at? And, and we can go down that, that path of, of questioning, but ultimately God protects our soul and God is offering us eternal life to be with him. And this is a temporary spot in preparation for eternity with him. And, and so when we're joined in, you know, the perfect heaven, uh, with, with him through, because we've placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection, that's what we long for. And the protection that we have is the protection of our surrendered and placed our faith and hope in Jesus to save us and to save our soul. And, and so no matter what the world throws at us and the enemy that's, that's alive and well and trying to bring us down, God is protecting us. And even when temptation comes out to where we don't have to give into temptation, we don't have to give into sin, but we have to rely on him. We have to yield to his Holy Spirit to give us that strength and power. Uh, but he's available to protect us from the, you know, the, the, the sin of this, this world. And it all, we're not going to lose our salvation. And, and so that's the hope that we have, that he's protecting us. And, and so the, uh, you know, the verse that you've, you, maybe you've heard before, when you talk about the, the whole armor of God. And so that's really our protection that we have. It's found in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. It's finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and, and shoes on your feet, having put on the, the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And so there's a lot there. We, we don't have time to unpack all of that today, but I encourage you to read more Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. But that's how we can remain protected. God is our protector, protects our soul. He protects us in the schemes of the devil. And, and we do that by understanding the truth of his word, clinging to the truth of the gospel, uh, being able to uh, put on the, the breastplate of righteousness. Our righteousness is found in Jesus, who is perfect, place our hope and faith in him. And, and, and then we, uh, yeah, we're, our, our shoes on our feet uh, kind of represent the gospel of, of peace that, that we have because of Jesus. That's the protection that, that we have. And so when we're living in armor, then we can protect our family. And we can protect the, the, our family against the things that, that are you know, coming at us and, and coming at our kids. And, um, and ultimately, we'll, we want to put on this protection so that it protects us. Because when we start giving into sin and we, we go down that path of sin, man, that destroys families.
We see this all, all over the place. And so the enemy's trying to destroy families. And so we have to rely on God's protection, put on this armor of God, and be able to ultimately perfect, protect our family. I was encouraged uh, just to speak on this based on, on, on to be a protector. Um, and so what does that really, you know, what does that mean? And I think from a spiritual standpoint, that's, that's where we have to begin. And there are some practical ways of, of being a protector, but, but we have to protect our home and guard our heart, which we talked about on, on a previous podcast, uh, a devotional went out about that, uh, guarding our hearts. And, and so that's, that's key too. Um, and guarding the hearts of our children. Uh, and being that protector. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot there. It's an interesting topic. I had to kind of think about it and research a little bit because uh, I don't necessarily always think about this concept of, of being a protector, but uh, as a young dad stepping into that that role and, and trying to understand, and you, know, you don't want to be overly bearing, um, but you want to you wanna protect. And, and the other thing, too, is it's not that we can, uh, you know, our kids aren't going to, we want them, we never want them to get hurt because they get hurt. My, my daughter on my way leaving today, she fell off the bed. Uh, she's okay, but I can't protect her in that moment. Like I wasn't there. I wasn't there to protect her. And I, I, I couldn't be, I, I guess I could have been, but I was getting ready to leave. Um, and so it's not, it's not that. So we're going, we as individuals are going to face trials and challenges and disappointments. And that's part of our journey here on earth to grow to mature to you know rely on the lord through pain and and so even for my daughters i pray for them and desire to be, uh, protected from things that would you know really uh, derail them and and you know just things that would steal their their joy and spirit and all that but but i also i understand that and painful seasons of life have made me better and have grown me. So it's not that I want my kids to have a smooth sailing either. And it's really hard to, to navigate that. And how do I pray for that? And so I'm, I'm curious, you know, for some of you that maybe have been parents longer, uh, what, what has that meant for you and understand that where, yeah, you want your kids to have some, not that you invite pain. And I'm not glad that, you know, I don't want to see my daughter hurt her knee or fall off the bed or anything like that. But learning how to respond to pain and, and, you know, does she run to me? And so there's something about, I love, you know, meeting her in that place of pain, hurting her and loving her and showing her how much I care about her, that there's a benefit to that. So if she didn't hurt her knee. Maybe she wouldn't see that in that way. Um, and so we get to see God's love and his compassion for us uh, in those painful seasons. We don't want to go through them. That's why we, you know, we oh, protect me from this God. Well, he, he's got bigger purposes. He's got bigger plans for us. And, and so there's a lot that goes into all of this and we, we, we can't understand it all. I don't have all the answers, but I continue to you know, look to God's word and, and want to continue to grow in my own faith. And, and as my role as a father too, understanding, yeah, he does protect me, protects my soul. And I guess that's what it comes down to. I want to protect my daughter's soul. Ultimately, God's got to do that, but, but I want to guard her heart and, and help her to, to be on that path with Jesus, toward Jesus, looking to him, turning to him. You know, right now she's almost three, so she looks to me. Hopefully she will continue to do that as she grows up, uh, but ultimately looking to Jesus. That's what I, I want her to do more than anything else. So uh, there you go. That's, I'm, I'm letting you in on my, my personal prayers and struggles and concerns. So, uh, so if you've made it all the way to the end of the podcast. So uh, thanks to Jordan for being on the show, and I took it way further and unpacked it way further 
uh, than what he discussed, but I appreciate using that as a starting point. So that's what we do here at Unpacking It. Thank you for listening today. We appreciate it, and we look forward to being back uh, with you each Monday on the live show, so one or two guest interviews every week. So the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus. Rest of your day, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events in Charlotte, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.